Welcome back to Throwing Hands. As Dan and I will be reviewing the year. Lots of lots has happened this year. Uh, but Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, wrapping up 2020. It was it was a banner year for fighting, and uh, I'm excited to be able to wrap it up. Yeah, let's 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 get right into it. Here on Throwing Hands, we this will be episode 90. Oh, let got check it. It's th- this episode that you're hearing right now is episode 94 if i'm not yes 94 94 episodes to be honest daniel i thought we were going to fizzle out, fizzle out at around 30 25 but hey we've, we've kept on going here we are <laughs> and here we are but let's take a look back at our podcast what were some of your, your uh, favorite interviews this year oh we've done so many uh honestly uh being able to talk to guys in the industry uh, i love so much brennan fitzgerald phil murphy those guys did so much, I think, for us in, in being able to to just talk about uh, everything that goes into the business of covering MMA, covering the UFC. And then if I had to pick a fighter, uh, Yusuf Zalal was one of our first interviews, and, and he was just so much fun to talk to. A, a great story for him, you know, growing up, getting into getting into kickboxing to to stay out of trouble as a kid, and then uh, he's come this far. He moves to the United States from Morocco. And he, he's at a point to where he's one of the top 25 under 25 in the UFC right now. And we really were able to interview him while he was still on his way up. And I think that was really cool. That was really fun to be able to do. And I'm excited to see where he grows from here. Yeah, I am too. And I think one of my favorites was uh, Julian Marquez. He was just fun. He was just a fun guy to talk to. Yeah. Uh, really funny. Um, and Dan Stupp, he, he helped us out a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad we talked to him. So that 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 was definitely something I really enjoyed, and just I don't know, we're just privileged to have all these different guys on. Yeah, and yeah. So it's and, all and been just good. to just to yeah, just to throw in because of the editing job that he made you do to keep this podcast PG, I have to throw in Justin James, <laughs> just because again, a really fun guy to talk to, and we try to keep it PG. We gotta we gotta live up to the standards of West Virginia University because this is a podcast affiliated with our student radio station. And Justin James, great interview, uh, but also I did not envy you having to edit that podcast on the back end. Yeah, that was, that was a nightmare to edit. And Kama Worthy was a nightmare to edit. That was yeah. that was bad. But hey, we got to we got to interview uh, both of them, so I can't complain. Both very cool dudes. All right, event of the year. What was your event of the year? Uh, I got to go with UFC 251 because uh, it, it seems like the cliche pick because there were so many title fights. But it lived up to the billing. I mean, you look you look at this, and there's there's three title fights on this card, and then even the undercard, you have Amanda Hebus putting herself on the map with a win against Paige Van Zant, uh, Jessica Andrade with the the win over Rose Namajunas at strawweight to to really vault herself into the top end, and then the three title fights to finish it off: Piotr Jan 
is crowned as the new bantamweight champion uh, with a knockout of Jose Aldo late in that fight. It was really entertaining. Jose Aldo showed us some things that I think we've seen more recently prove he he's here to stick around at bantamweight. And then Piotr Jan proved everything that everybody had said about him and proved the people saying that he didn't have the experience uh, to be a, a bantamweight champion. He proved those people wrong. The co-main event was one of the most competitive fights of the year. Not, not uh, the, the, ultimate violence that you're uh, looking for in a fight of the year candidate, but Volkanovsky and Holloway fighting for that featherweight title, uh, just as competitive as a fight as I think we've seen all year. Volkanovsky uh, retains the title in a decision uh, at the end of the fifth round. And then Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. And when this card happened, I raved about this on our review because people talk about Kamara Usman being a boring fighter, but I love watching this guy. And I talk so often, and it's become a cliche of the show, I talk about the art of mixed martial arts. And that's what Kamara Usman does. And that's what he shows me every time he goes out there. He's a dominant champion. He's not going to... He's not going to sell as many pay-per-views as guys like like John Jones is, or, or uh, even Francis Ngannou are going to do. But Usman goes out there and he fights in a style that is just so much fun to watch for me. And for that reason, him putting on a master class against Jorge Masvidal in the main event of that card was the perfect way to end it for me. So UFC 51, and that's just talking about the main card. Uh, there was so much more on the prelims uh, that were just really entertaining fights to watch. Uh, the UFC built it up uh, as one of the best cards of the year. And for my money, it ended up being number one. Yeah, that was a great event. But for me, uh, I'm going to deviate away from the pay-per-views. And I think for me, the most entertaining was Fight Night Ortega versus uh, Korean Zombie. I mean, you had uh, Jonathan Martinez, you know, getting this decision over Almeida. Uh, James Krause coming back after a while, getting the win over Silva, who'd been on fire. Jimmy Crute uh, de- decimating uh, Modestus Bukowskis, uh, Andrade uh, ripping the body on Caitlin Chikagian, and then just uh, Ortega just looking great in that fight against Chan Sung Jun. And, I mean, there were just so many good events this year. Heck, uh, Sandhagen versus Marais, that card was great. Um, just in general, I, I can't think of a bad card after the after the uh, – after we got came back from Corona, they were no. just all solid cards. Like we expected I versus Calvillo to be crummy, but that was actually a very entertaining card, yeah. but it's just, it, you can't go wrong with any of these cards, depending on what you like. If you like, you know, like you said, the art of martial arts, I two fifty one would be great. If, if you think that's your best, the best card and uh, two, uh, was great. They were just two fifty four was great. Just a lot of great cards here. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to the cards of the year? I I just wanted to add a couple things. I talked about the prelims at 251, and I completely forgot until this moment when I was looking at the card that this is what happened that night. And it's one of the the moments that set our our group of sports guys at U92 over the edge. (laughs) The legend of Muslim Salikov, a.k.a. Russian Jimmy (laughs) Gaudio. Uh, again, most people listening to this don't know who Jimmy Gaudio is. Good friend of ours from U92. Um, <laughs> dead ringer for Muslim Salikov. So uh, one of the best one of the best comedy moments of the year for us. And then also uh, the, the spelling bee champ, Yuri Prochaska, makes his oh, debut yes, on that card did. too. Oh. So uh, 
you, those are just uh, just a number of things that happened at 251 that put it in the books for me. Yeah, definitely. So to the next topic, submission of the year. For me, I think I think it's got to be Lipsky's knee bar back on Fight Island. That was pretty nasty. I thought I thought you know she was giving up her back, but then she just pulled out the knee bar out of nowhere. So that's my submission of the year. What's yours? Yeah, you know, I, I gave a lot of thought to the knee bar from Lipsky, and it was a great a great finish. Just the way she was able to use it to fight back, it was honestly a defensive move for her uh, when she got to that point. And from just a, a spectacle standpoint, yeah, I think I think that's probably. Uh, the best submission of the year from a technical standpoint as far as impact goes and, and as far as a, a moment that you got out of a, a submission I, I went with uh, Raheem Sterling's rear naked choke on Corey Sanhagen at, at UFC 250 uh, just because that was such a moment in time watching that fight Aljamain Sterling yeah. who has just scratched and clawed for everything he's got in that bantamweight division and then to finish Corey Sanhagen in 88 seconds when he was being overlooked really in that division, you know, this was supposed to be Corey Sanhagen's crowning moment to make him the next contender for the Bantamweight title. And Aljamain Sterling goes out there and does that in 88 seconds. The athleticism, the emotion that he put into that fight was just one of the best moments of the year. And with it being a submission finish, that's what I made my sub of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't. You can't go wrong with that. There's just so many other subs. Uh, Habib's triangle, and to, lots of good stuff in the submissions. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, not really. Um, the forearm choke uh, from Alexander Romanov was, was really oh, yeah, cool, was... just because you don't see that very often. That that was a fun one to watch. Yeah, that was a really fun one to watch. Forgot about that. And uh, Ermanson's uh, heel hook on Gaslam. I didn't expect that. So lots of good stuff. All right, knockout of the year. What's yours? It's got to be the Joaquin Buckley spin kick uh, on on Impa Kasangane, Fight Island 5. That was ridiculous. I I mean, uh, for a minute, it kind of broke the internet because not – it's only in moments like that that you see, like, UFC clips and stuff on Twitter, like, break into the mainstream, and that's exactly what that knockout did. Uh, like that was a move at a at a street fighter or Mortal Kombat or something that uh, that Joaquin Buckley pulled out. You know, Kasangane catches the leg and he spins and just drills him on the jaw. And it was the kind of thing where uh, Kasangane, as he was going down, like he was trying to stay up and you could see he just couldn't. And that was absolutely amazing. Joaquin Buckley, uh, you know. We're talking about a guy that opened the year getting knocked out himself, and now he comes out and has the knockout of the year and has a really bright future in the UFC. Uh, again, I talked about one of the best moments of the year with Aljamain Sterling. Uh, it's got to be one of my favorite moments of the year, too, uh, that Joaquin Buckley knockout. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that being the knockout of the year. That has to be. But other than that, I think it's got to be Kevin Holland off his back uh, knocking out. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, what's his face? Oh, it's, it's – Jacare Souza. Besides Joaquin Buckley, I think that has to be it. I mean, yes, I know uh, Garbrandt uh, flatlined a, a Sun Chow, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, uh, for me, I can't remember. It but, was it was a Sun Chow. Yeah, it was a Sun Chow. But I mean, I've never seen anybody do that off their back. But uh, for your runner-up, yeah. what's yours? It's Kevin Holland uh, on yeah. Souza. I think there were there was a pretty clear three, and it's the ones that, that we've mentioned. 
with with Buckley number one. For me, it's Holland number two, and then Garbrandt number three on a sunshot, just because it was a walk off, and, and he just absolutely drilled him. So uh, those three, uh, I I think any any year you would look at those three as a contender, but for me, it's that Buckley one that sticks out. For sure. All right. From knockout of the year to fighter of the year. For me, it's got to be Kevin Holland. Um, I think Figueredo would have gotten it if he had uh, made weight and if uh, the first time and if he had won the, the his last bout. I think besides that, I think it's got to be Kevin Holland. 5-0 and in the year, and he does it – he did it quite well. So what, who's your fighter of the year? This is – it's really tough because I really, really want to say Davis and Figueredo. And I think that's not – that wouldn't be a bad choice uh, just because uh, of, of what he has been able to do this year. And when things have been going right for him, he's been so dominant. You know, you've got Kevin Holland, who we love on this show, who's one of my favorite guys in the UFC, who's who's one of my favorite guys to watch. But – I've got to go with Kamzat Shemaev. I mean, we're going to be able to talk. We're going to talk about him being out of this fight with Leon Edwards uh, when we get done with our picks here. But we're talking about a guy who is going into his fourth fight in the UFC and is going to get a guy who I don't I don't have the rankings in front of me. But earlier this year, Leon Edwards was a top five guy in, in the UFC welterweight rankings. And Shemaev's fought three times in the UFC. Like that's that's absolutely wild to me. Uh, he won twice in ten days. Every fight he's had in the UFC has been a performance of the night. Like we're literally looking at a guy who did not fight in the UFC until July, and he's pre- was preparing to start 2021, taking on a guy that, for my money, is top five in the welterweight division. So. It's not a big sample size for Hamza Chimaev, but I think he's he's if if you can't call him the fighter of the year, he's got to be the breakout of the year. I it comes down to him and Kevin Holland for me, but Chimaev has shown so much and got pushed so hard this year that I think he's he's my pick. The guy's got a Darce choke win, and that that's completely amazing. And then he just dominates people at such a high level. I'm going with Chimaev. Uh, I, I think that's that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I think definitely when it comes to breakout, it's got to be Chimaev. But uh, you can't go wrong with either Kevin Holland or uh, Chimaev for fight of the year. All right. For the granddaddy mall, fight of the year. What's yours? Zhang uh, Weili versus Joanna Zajetrick, UFC 248. The greatest women's UFC fight of all time. I mean, it, it has every, it had everything you wanted in a great fight. It had everything you want out of a fight of the year candidate. There were so many, and it was almost like the year was bookended with them where you've got, you've got Zhang versus Jen Jatrick at the beginning of the year. And then you finish it with Figueredo versus Moreno. I know it's not a perfect fit in that, but it kind of brings a weird 2020, but what I thought was a banner year in 2020 for the UFC full circle where the, my top two fights of the year sort of started the calendar for the UFC and ended it. But it's so hard to beat John Lee versus Joanna Jajetrick. It's one of my favorite fights of all time. And I'm going to put it in that number one slot just because it was such a special fight. And, and like we, it was one of our first episodes was reviewing that card. And 
you know, we were still finding our place with this show and what exactly we were going to be doing. But I can't tell you how many times it seemed like we said on that show, this is the, this might be the greatest women's UFC fight of all time. And because of that, it has to be my fight of the year. I can't argue with you there, but there's, there's a lot of them in that, that came this year, you know, Zhang Weili versus a uh, Joanna Zhangjeka check. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, three months later, you have Poirier versus Hooker, and then you have Hermanson versus Vittori, and then you got um, um, Moreno versus Figueredo. But for me, I think it's got to be Poirier versus Hooker because that encompassed everything that came into MMA. You know, they slugged it out for a few rounds, and they went to the ground, and they fought on the ground, you know. I'd say uh, Zhang Weili versus Joanna was more of a kickboxing match. It was great. I enjoyed the hell out of that. But when it comes to a complete mixed martial arts fight, I, it's got to be uh, Poirier versus Hooker for me. Yeah, I give you that totally. So, uh, you know what? I guess we'll add something here. Uh, performance of the year. I think, I think oh. it's got to – I think so this I don't know, a little interesting. I don't know why I didn't put this on the agenda. But for me, I think it's – Connor versus Cowboy. I think what Connor did to Cowboy, that just complete decimation. He didn't even get hit and he blocked whatever Cowboy tried to throw at him. And especially after a year and three months off, I think it's got to be Connor versus Cowboy for me. What's yours? Yeah, I think that's that's a solid one. I, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I would probably go with that one too. But honestly, if I'm looking for a runner up, again, a, a favorite guy of mine this year and someone who's really come on the scene in 2020, not necessarily a spectacular performance or uh, a standout. This is tough because this guy's got two. If we're looking at a, at a straight performance, my runner-up might be Marvin Vittori, either for his rear, rear naked choke against Carl Roberson or that decision win against Jack Hermanson because either one of those I think you could look at as a potential runner-up here just because that Roberson fight, uh, Roberson came in overweight and Vittori still chokes him out in the first round. Or you look at the Jack Hermanson fight yeah. where Hermanson is so hot coming into that. He's looking to be the next challenger for that title. And then Vittori just goes shot for shot with him for five rounds and ends up winning that fight. It was the fight of the night that time. So I would say Marvin Vittori beating Jack Hermanson might be my runner up, but I would agree with you. Connor versus Cowboy is my performance of the year. All righty. Now expectations for next year. Uh, any predictions on champions in the weight uh, classes? Uh, fighters oh, to watch. You're, what's, what's your thing? Oh, you're putting me on the spot with that one. Um, Yuri Prochaska. Watch out for Yuri Prochaska in 2021. I think this guy is, is going to be making some noise uh, in a big way. Um, I think Shamayev, you're going to be looking at him as a title contender potentially by the end of 2021. I think he's that good. Kevin Holland's the same way. I, I mean, it seems like a lot of the carryover that we're going to get from 2020 is these guys that made their names are going to make themselves contenders in 2021. I just talked about Marvin Vittori. Here's a bold prediction. By the end of 2021, we will get a rematch of Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, and this time it'll be for the UFC middleweight title. That's uh, my bold prediction for 2021. I don't think that's too bold, to be honest. I think I think okay. that's, that's entirely possible. Dang, I just sounded like Joe Rogan there. But anyway, my th here's here's my prediction. I think Calvin Cato will be the featherweight champion by the end of 2021. I 
I yeah. mean, I, I love Calvin Cater. Uh, best boxing in the UFC right now. Uh, he Very underrated wrestling. And I just think – I think he'll beat Max Holloway in a few weeks. And then, I don't know, after Ortega Volkanovsky, I think that's his, that he'll get his title shot. I, I don't think you could argue with that if he wins. So – that's that's one of my bold predictions. Uh, I think Jan Blahovich will beat the brakes off of Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight title in March, um, and I think I think uh, when Gilbert Burns and Usman fight, I think Burns will win. That those are my predictions. I got the little bold here and there, and I think Figueroa will just reign supreme. <laughs> I don't see that changing. <laughs> All right, um, let me think. I got one more. All right. This is this is real bold, but I'm gonna give it to you. Um, oh, this is tough. I think Francis Ngannou will be the heavyweight champion of the world before John Jones. You think he'll beat Stipe? Ah, uh, I don't know if it'll be him beating Stipe or Stipe retiring and Ngannou getting the next shot against somebody like Blades and winning it. But I will say this: Francis Ngannou will be the heavyweight champion of the world before John Jones. I will say that. But will you say, will he end the year as the champ? That's that's an interesting question. I don't know. I See, I, I I don't know. I know. It, I think it, it'll happen sometime. It'll happen sometime in twenty twenty one, and it will happen before John Jones becomes the heavyweight champion. That's that's what I'll say. That's not too bold. I think I think you make a good point. I mean, Stipe has cemented himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time, in my opinion. I mean, you could yeah, you could uh, argue Fedor, and I wouldn't blame you. But um, yeah, I think Stipe has nothing else to prove. Um, no, I, I wouldn't mind if he kept his brain a little bit. But I think when John Jones moves up to heavyweight, it's going to be a long five years with him up there, because I, I mean. You've seen him on Instagram. It's kind of scary. Yep. <laughs> it's it's scary. Yep. I, I don't. I, he should have. He's a natural heavyweight, and I think uh, he'll be he'll be a scary problem. But yeah, I think my bullish prediction is Blahovich being the brakes off Adesanya. But other than that, I don't know. You have anything else to add? Um, I, I keep want to. I want to make. I want to make more predictions, but I don't. I don't want to go too far. I don't know. Go why. ahead. Um, let's see. I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. Um, and I don't know how, how bold this is, but I think Mackenzie Dern will beat somebody in the top three in the women's strawweight division in 2021. Yeah, I think she definitely will. Uh, yeah. Uh, or I think Hebus will make her way up in the top five. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think, I think, yeah. I think uh, Shevchenko stays supreme in that. I don't, that, that's not changing. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think by the end of 2021, we're looking at Amanda Hebus and Mackenzie Dern, both as top five straw weights. Oh, for sure. I don't think you can argue that. And I mean, this, I mean, the division's just so stacked. And then uh, Nunez just going to, I think she'll just, I think the featherweight division will get cut after she beats the brakes off uh, Megan Anderson. And then Bantamweight will just be there. And then yeah. Amanda Nunes has a, has a chokehold on that division. I don't, I don't see anyone beating her. Like no. it's unless Shevchenko comes up, which I mean, she, you could argue she won the second fight, but I think, yeah. I think that's, that's the only fight to make for Andrade. I'm not Andrade. Yeah. Um, what's her face? Nunes. Uh, Nunes yeah. But, and heck, ooh, Andrade, uh, if 
fight Shevchenko, but I think Shevchenko knocks her out. That's my that's that's my next bold okay. bold prediction. Um, there you go. All right. Any other bold predictions, expectations you want to talk about? Because I'm I'm clear of mine. I don't think so. Um, Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. Oh, you think you'll be the champ? I think so. I, I can't argue with you. Uh, but Charles Oliveira, uh, lightweight champion. You know, this is a good uh, segue in the news. Habib said uh, Poirier versus uh, McGregor should be for the title. I can't see why not. And you know what? I'll, I'll add a prediction. I think Poirier will be the, the champ by the end of the year. Okay. I mean, that's my hope. I love Dustin Poirier. Yeah. He's my, he, I think he might be my favorite. And just seeing the evolution of him over the last four or five years with his defense and footwork has just propelled him to be uh, one of the best lightweights in the world. So I can't really <laughs> count him out. And Charles Oliveira, Du Bronx, this lightweight division stack. But to news, uh, yes. Shamaya versus Edwards is off, unfortunately. Um, who, Leon Edwards is TBD, so he's still around. He's going to fight, but. Kevin Holland came out on Twitter and said, "Hey, I heard a spot opened up, so I think they. I, I, I can mean, see, I could see a catchweight fight happening. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That would I'm, be. Uh, I am down for a catchweight a, fight. <laughs> that'd be a good time, my friend. That, that would be a good time. That would be a good coach. Imagine, uh, good imagine time. if Leon Edwards. Imagine if Leon Edwards waits this this long for a big time fight." And just gets flattened by Kevin Holland. Yeah, he could get flatlined. That's that. I'd that'd feel be the bad concern. for the man. I would feel bad for the man. <laughs> yeah, just he, just getting flatlined by Holland. But um, yeah, there, there hasn't been too much. I haven't heard much about cuts or yeah, it's been Mm-mm. pretty light. Oh, uh, Ben Askren. Uh, uh, he did uh agree to a fight with uh Jake Paul, but uh Jake Paul has since gone silent. And Askren has since called him a coward, which I firmly believe Jake Paul is. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd pay a gross amount of money to watch that fight. Yes, so would I. <laughs> see, so would I. And I'd like to see him. I'd like to put Cater in front of Jake Paul and just see him get the brakes beat off of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Just a couple of matchmaking things. Um, okay. Anthony Smith uh, is, has been talking about cutting out distractions in his training camps, said his next fight he would welcome Paul Craig or Jimmy Crute as a potential opponent. Jimmy Crute called him out after his last win, and then he said he wants to fight Paul Craig just because of their styles. So I would welcome either one of those. I think that could potentially be a star-making performance for Crute, who everybody's looking at as a guy who could be really one of the stars of 2021. Oh yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think I think Jimmy Crute could propel himself into title contention by the end of the year. He won't get that shot, but he'll be there to contend. But yeah, I mean, I'd be totally down for that fight. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing else yeah. for me. What uh, you got? Uh, just just one more, and we talked about this before before we started the show. Mason Jones uh, has signed with UFC, and we kind of knew that already. But he's got his first opponent. Uh, cage warriors stand out, uh, Wales native, 25 years old, 10 and 0 is a pro. He's a, he's a two division champ, uh, in cage warriors. So he's, uh, he, he's one of the best fighters outside the United States right now, I would say who, who hasn't fought in the UFC and he's going to fight Mike Davis at, uh, UFC fight Island eight, which is 
scheduled for January 20th. And there you have it. So uh, Mason Jones, a, a guy that I'm excited to watch in 2020. And he's getting a solid test uh, in Mike Davis. Uh, didn't fight in 2020. Uh, had to pull out of a couple of fights. One and one in the UFC, but he's eight and two as a pro. So uh, a, a good start for Mason Jones. And I mean, he's just been absolutely dominant in Cage Warriors. So I'm excited for this one. As am I. All right. You got anything else? That covers it for me, my man. That covers it for me. All right. Let me give you all the rundown for the next couple of weeks. A couple of interviews this week coming out. And then we're, we're going on break for a week, two, oh, two weeks pretty much. And then we'll be back to preview uh, Holloway vs. Cater. So exciting stuff on our way to episode 100 in early 2021. Daniel, it's been a good year. Yes, sir. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I don't think we were expecting things to end up like they did when we started this show back in early 2020. But here we are. And here we go into 2021. Here we go into uh, to a strong 2021 and hopefully growth. Well, it's been a pleasure. And we'll see you guys next time.